good morning. The first good morning in 2023. And happy new year to you all. Hey, is that how you work at the new year? Happy new year to you. I'm not feeling you cry this morning. All the same, please take your seats. So, the 2023 we have waited for, sir, it has found America, isn't it? Am I talking to a teenager? Am I talking to teenagers this morning? Then let me feel that I'm talking to teenagers. Well, once again, uh, Happy New Year to every one of you. Um, I pray that it's not just a cliche and a greetings that we give, but I pray that in this year, you experience the joy of God. You experience happiness in your life. I don't like the word. I don't like to use the word happiness too much because uh, happiness has more to do with uh, the things that are around you. When you pass your exams, you are happy. When you are sick, you are not happy. When you get food, you are happy. When you are hungry, you are not happy. Uh, when they say you fast, mm, uh, okay. So. I, I like I prefer the word joy, joy that comes from uh, the Holy Spirit. So I wish all of you a joyful new year. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we had Christmas in the bus, and uh, I hope many of you were around. It was a good time. I missed some of the programs myself because of some other engagements, but. Um, so many things went into organizing that program, and I want to appreciate all those who put in so much to make Christmas in the Box uh, a reality and meaningful to us. And I pray that all of us had a feel of Christmas and understood a little bit about um, Christmas. You haven't heard from me in a while and uh, throughout this Christmas season, um, I didn't get the opportunity to share anything with us. So this morning, I'm going to be sharing something a little Christmassy, and I trust that God would uh, help us all. But before then, um, I have uh, one or two announcements to make. You don't know what this is, but how many of you can recognize this sheet? Even though you don't know what it is. If you can recognize it, lift your hands and let me see. You can recognize this sheet. Wow. So the rest of us, you cannot recognize this sheet. I shouldn't mind them. I'll mind them small because it's a new year. How many of us recognize this sheet? Ah, Semaba. If you have to come in close to you, you still don't recognize this sheet. Okay. This year, this year, this 2023, this sheet is going to be very, very important to us. But before then even, how many of us still have these sheets? Can I inspect them? I'm serious. If you have the sheet, pull it out. I want to just briefly inspect. I'll not, I'll not ask you the question, so don't worry. Just pull it out. Wow. You sure I can see your sheet? Okay. Nobody here. 
You have yours. Great. You also have yours. That's nice. Don't fold it and hide it. Open it so I can see whether it's blank or it has been filled. Yeah, you will be there. <laughs> Open it. Let me see whether it has been filled or not. Okay. Boys, boys, what are sheets? Okay. Some of you went to exchange for Kelly Willie. Where was yours? Are you one of those who went for Kelly Willie? Ian, where's yours? You don't know where it is. You can't find it. Don't tell me we went to school. Open it, let me see. This is when you write exams. When it's time for collecting all the papers, you feel shy because we know there's nothing. Grace, where's your sheet? All right. This sheet is a sheet for tracking our Bible reading. And in this year, we are going to take this Bible reading seriously and would inspect every Sunday in our small groups will ask you questions about what you have learned. And this time, I'm not giving anybody any option. Everybody is reading three chapters a day. Not minimum, three chapters a day. And those of us who are fast readers and enjoy the reading, don't do more than three. If you want to do more than three chapters, have another Bible reading program. Read the three chapters a day with us and then read your extra syllabus uh, reading. Do you get it? But all of us, you are going to be reading three chapters a day. And by next week, your facilitators will make sure that everybody has a new sheet. A new sheet. Discard the old one. But if you have already started reading and you stop halfway, or you digress more, continue where you left off, but read three chapters a day. Is it clear? Hey, am I talking to students? Those of us who have not started, and those of us who are pretending that we don't know anything about this sheet, today, whether you have the sheet or not, we are starting from the book of John. Reading three chapters. So before you sleep tonight, you must have read John chapter 1, John chapter 2, and John chapter 3. There are 21 books, sorry, 21 uh, chapters in the book of John. So if you take this reading seriously, three chapters a day, by next week, Sunday, you would have finished reading the book of John. And some of you have never read one book of the Bible in your life before. True or false? So, I want to encourage you. This year, I'm not encouraging. I'm forcing you to read the Bible. I'm commanding you to read the Bible. I'm imploring you to read the Bible. It's an instruction and obey. This year, we are going to be more military-like in some of certain spiritual principles. As you are aware, 
I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, um, Dr. Otabel has declared that we will go back to the basics. The basics of Christianity. You cannot be born again and your friend go to hell. That's an error. So this year, you're going to be emphasizing a lot on witnessing, influencing other people with your, with your life. Draw them to Christ. Bring them to church. Bring them to Jesus Christ. You know, manipulate them. Force them. You know, influence them. Compel them. Anything you do to bring them to Christ, do it. I'm not saying make them church members. Make sure they are in Christ. Let me take my time before I get into what I want to get into today because I haven't really started preaching. So, beginning this year, from next week, Monday, we are starting a 21 days fast. Whether you like it or not, I say it is a command, it's an instruction. For your information, this is not Uncle Bijou, this is Dr. Otabio. So if Pastor Kujo has no choice, the general commander has given a command and we must obey. Everybody is going to fast, whether you are writing exams or not. Whether you are attending an interview or not, you will fast. And those of you who have been fasting one hour, two hours, I increase it to minimum of six hours. You must fast. You must, you must fast until you are hungry. Then you know that you are fasting. If you fast and you are not hungry, you are not fasting. You must feel the hunger and remember why you are fasting. Listen. The things that Dr. Otabo declare, the things that we declare because Dr. Otabo has declared them, and the things that we talk about, it's not for fun. We don't, we don't just say it and then we get excited. Sometimes I don't understand why people get excited about the theme. Increase. Yay! Increase. They are clapping. What does that mean to you? This year it is gathering. What does it mean to you? Is it what I'm saying? Yes, we shall do spiritual what I'm saying. We shall gather wealth unto ourselves. We shall gather knowledge unto ourselves. We shall gather all kinds of things unto ourselves. But that is not the focus. The focus is that we are gathering people and bringing them to Jesus. Making them disciples like Jesus said we should. And before you can do that, you yourself must ask yourself, am I a Christian? Am I living as a Christian? Am I a growing Christian? Am I a dead Christian? You haven't heard that terminology before. Eh? Jesus said in the book of Revelation that some of us, we have the, we have the um, what, what is the English language? We, 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 okay, let me paraphrase in my own English. It's like you, 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 you think you are alive but you are dead. You are neither alive or dead. You are neither cold or hot. If you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, be a Christian. A Christian reads the Bible. He reads the Bible because the Bible gives him revelation of who God is. 
And if you read the Bible, it will not be boring to you. Initially, it may be boring. I wonder how many of us find science interesting. Even those of us who like science, sometimes you don't find it interesting at all. When we are reading it, it's either difficult or complicated. But we still read it. Why? Because in the knowledge of science, we know that we shall get good grace. And we know that when we get good grace, we shall, be, we shall become the, 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 the professional that we are designed to become. And then when we become the professional that we are designed to become, we can get a good job or we can do some good work, make some good money, and live a kind of life that you want to live. So whether the thing is boring or not, we still sit down hours and we read. When we don't understand, we ask our friends. This year, you will read the Bible. If you are feeling sleepy, put your legs in water or walk up and down and read the Bible aloud. I command everyone to read the Bible. Without the Bible, we are nothing. At the end of today's message, you understand why this is my emphasis. And two things I'm going to be telling us. By the way, next year we have next next week we are going to have a guest speak, uh, speaker, and I expect all of us to be on time. Uh, front protocol, please make sure that you need, you do the needful. What was I saying? I haven't forgotten. Don't think I forgot. What was I saying? You. Yes, I don't come and sit in front. What was I saying? I was telling you about how you're supposed to read the Bible. And why I was ever since why we have to read the Bible. What was I saying before I started talking about the guest speaker? You can speak English. Oh, come on. Stop, stop. No matter what happens, read the Bible. Read the Bible until the Bible becomes a living word in your life. The Bible as it is, is just like any other textbook. It is a dry book made up of words compiled together into a book. But when, as a Christian, you read the Bible and you allow the Holy Spirit to show you what is in the Bible and you relate what is in the Bible to your life, you begin to live your life by the Bible, the Bible no longer is a dead book to you. It's no longer a book of letters. It becomes a living word in your life and your lifestyle becomes based on the Bible. That's how I'm going to force us to read the Bible. You cannot be, you cannot live the Christian life without the Bible. You'll be amazed when you start taking this Bible reading, which is just a dynasty of getting into the Bible, seriously. You'll be amazed at things that you discover in the Bible.
it's not enough to come to church, dress nicely, and look beautiful on the first day of the year. And yet there's no Bible in you. My Bible, my life. That is my life. It should be your life. If you're a Christian. Is somebody listening to me? Today, what I want to impose upon you are two things. Read the Bible. Believe the Bible. And as a result of the things that you discover, respond to the Bible. Read it. Get to know what is there. Get revelation. Let God speak to you. And respond. The natural response to any revelation in the Bible, the Bible itself says, is joy. That's why I wish us a joyful, happy new year. What did I say? Joyful, happy new year. A joyful new year. Whenever the Bible is preached, whenever the Bible is understood, whenever people hear the word and get revelation, the instant response is joy. There is always rejoicing. So when you come to church and you cannot rejoice, I know you have not read your Bible. Or you have read the Bible because somebody says you should read the Bible. Your parents say you should read. Uncle Bichu says you should read. So you have read, but you didn't take time to digest anything. So you just read for reading sake. So when they ask you that, have you read your Bible? You can say, yes, I've read my Bible. There's no response. There's no rejoicing. Read it throughout the book of Acts. You, you see how people rejoiced and were excited when they heard the word of God. It pricked them. They reacted to it. Their response was always rejoicing. When you are reacting to what you have learned from the word of God, you don't need anybody else to stir you up into prayer. Because you see, when you get the revelation and you understand, you, you are just lost in awe and you want to talk to the author of that word. When you get understanding of the word, and there's something bubbling inside of you. You just want to lift your hands. Nobody needs to tell you to lift your hands to praise God. Sometimes you just feel like dancing. Even though you don't know how to dance, you're just moving your body. Because your body and everything within you is responding to that word. Some of us have thrown the Bible out of our lives. And because of that, we experience all kinds of negative influences in this world. Some of us are struggling with pornography. We are struggling with how to handle that boy or that girl. We are struggling with cheating in class. You cannot help this because you don't want to get a zero. You know you didn't learn. So you have to copy. When they say come for rehearsal, you are tired so you don't feel like coming. Like some, the way some of our friends are not in church today or were very late today, it's it's, it's not just because we attended all night. Not all of us attended the all night. Some of us yesterday were chilling. We're having fun. 
We slept at 2, 3, 4 a.m. So we could not wake up. Am I speaking the truth? I know I am. I know I am. In this year, I stopped making New Year resolutions because I don't need to wait till the first January or 31st December before I decide how to order my life. When I do that, I'm a fool. I must be re-examining my life every day. Reorganizing my life every day. Finding out, am I still on the right path? If I'm not, Lord, help me to get back onto the right path. Don't behave like students who, when they go to school, they don't learn. They are fooling, they are having fun, they are chilling with their friends. And then when it's two weeks to exam, or when the uh, exam timetable comes, and say, yeah, I don't understand the physics. You now start going around looking for a poor, looking for somebody to help you. And then when you're not able to get all that in the examination room, Charlie Ella, question one, what is the answer? Because at the time that you needed to be learning, you had not organized yourself. You forgot that exams was going to come. This is not part of my plan, but let me scare you this first day of the year that you get more serious with the things that we are talking about. If God told you, or if he knew that by next week Sunday, you will not be alive, What are the changes that you make in your life between today and next week Sunday? You not go and look for your English textbook and read because exams is coming in three weeks. I want you to think this morning. As we start off on a new year, and that's what the author said, it's a fresh start. That is the theme for the 21 days fast. A fresh start. A new beginning. How will you reorganize your life? And the truth is that for some of us, maybe next week may not even meet us. It's a possibility. There's a post page I am, my hometown people, sometimes they toss a lot of rubbish. But I have to be there. I have to influence them by being there. Yesterday, 31st of December, somebody died. And they posted it there. And all kinds of funny comments. Oh, why? What happened? I mean, who's going to play the role he's playing and all that? The truth is that Jesus says, be ye therefore ready. For Jesus is going to come at a time that you don't know. You may die before you think that the, the, the time that you die. Or Jesus may come before you know what is happening. I was in a long discussion with a friend 
who stays outside, who came down, and we're talking about the, what is happening in the world today, and nothing seems to make sense. He's, he's, he, he's involved in high-level politics. He's not a politician, but he's involved in, with politicians dealing with this Russian-Ukraine war and uh, helping to evacuate the um, refugees and all that kind of stuff. And he, he, because of the kind of work that he does, he has a lot of information about world events. And some the scripture talks about will happen in the last days. And you must know, don't forget, you are in JHS, yes, you'll be writing BEC very soon, but Jesus is also coming. That is a certainty. So while you prepare for your exams, prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ. So we are going to read our Bible. And we shall be having quizzes left and right. If you don't read, sometimes when we come to preach, we will not preach. When we come to do small Bible, Bible study, we won't do it. And I know some of our facilities have already done that in the past. We will go and lock you in a corner, read the Bible. And then when you finish reading, come and we'll ask you questions about what you just read. Everybody must read the Bible. Don't tell me that you don't have enough time. Most of us have eaten this morning. And those of us who have not eaten this morning, before night falls, we shall eat. True or false? That is the way we must approach the Bible. We are spiritual beings. We are Christians. And I must grow as a Christian. If you are not growing as a Christian, what are you going to gather? For information, all the things I've been talking about, none of them was part of what I planned to talk about this morning. So let me go back to my script. And you see how some of the things still fit in. So as you're aware, our theme for this year is gathering. And like Dr. Autobu said, this, the theme this year is just a follow-up of what we started last year. And the focus scripture is still the same. Uncle Moses shared some thoughts with us on this scripture earlier on. When we read the book of John chapter 6, and by next week Sunday, all of us should have read this. Especially those of us who have been lazy not reading our Bibles. Jesus has been preaching in an arid area and it was late. People were hungry. People were so focused on the word of God that they didn't care about hunger. I was going to say something, but uh, if I say it, only a few people understand. I wish that today I could have preached to us the whole day. See, you're quiet. Because some of you are dreaming about the food that you have been promised you are going to eat when you live here. Even though you don't want to pound, uh, you don't even want to. Okay, let me leave it there. But then, Jesus has been preaching, sir, and other people are hungry. And Jesus said, look, where can we get bread to buy for these people? 
Uh, some of the apostles look at Jesus. Jesus Christ, sometimes we don't understand you. How much money can we get to buy bread for all these people? And even if you had the money, where are we going to buy it from? I hope you know the story about the miracle. If you don't know the story about the miracle, then you're not in ICGC. How a boy came up, we, we found out that was a boy who had some five loaves and some two fish, and Jesus prayed over it. He gave thanks, broke it, multiplied it, and then he gave it to them to eat. I was reading this passage yesterday again, and I noticed something that I had never noticed before. Maybe some of you have noticed it several times, but for me, it, it sprang up at me. The miracle about the multiplication the miracle about the increase. The Bible says that Jesus broke the bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples to feed the people. And the scripture says that they gave them and everybody was allowed to eat as much as he could eat. That thing sprang up at me yesterday. Imagine we are having a party and there's no limit to the food that you can eat. Even if the food is small, the food just keeps increasing and then you can fill your stomach as much as you want. And even if you, you didn't take enough and you want to go again and you go, the food will multiply and you get again. I'm sure some of us would have fallen sick that day. But the Bible says they ate as much as they could eat. Take as much as you can take. And then to our central verse, verse 12. When they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather the fragments, the ones that remain. Let nothing go to waste. Let nothing be lost. That is the focus of our theme for this year gathering. In this year of gathering, we shall feast. I say we shall feast. I say again, we shall feast. We shall feast on the word. We shall feast on everything that the word gives us. We shall feast on the knowledge that the word gives us. We shall feast on the wisdom that God, the word gives us. We shall feast on the power that the, Lord, the word gives us. Everybody will eat as much as you can take. The anointing will be unlimited. Whatever you desire, go for it. This year we are going to feast in the word. We are going to feast in the spirit. We are going to feast upon God. The spirit of the almighty God will overshadow us. But the news is this. God is not only interested in your feasting. He's not only interested in you getting nine A's and nine ones and whatever you, you desire to get. He's not only interested in your business exploding in times of difficulty. He's not only interested in you becoming you for yourself. And you'll be happy for yourself. The Bible says, and Jesus said this, let nothing go to waste. 
gather in the fragments. Gather in what looks like waste. I've been charging the facilitators, and next week I'm going to talk more to the facilitators about this. Evangelism, witnessing, is our core mandate while we are alive. Jesus said, go out into the world and tell everybody about me. Tell them the salvation message. Tell them that there is forgiveness in me. Tell them that there is forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. I died for them. I laid down my life for them. Compelled them to be reconciled to me. And listen, I am with you to the end of the age. That is why we are alive. That is why the increase. We increase so that we can get to the point of overflow and that overflow must wrap up somebody. If the increase is all about you, you have missed it. Many of us, I was discussing with somebody yesterday, many of us when we come to God, we are only interested in things that we get. Oh God, I've come again. Bless me. My mother is sick. Lord, heal my mother. Oh God, I haven't studied very well for the essence. Please, please, I know you can do it. Please help me. Lord, I've come again for another miracle. Lord, I need more grace. Lord, I need more anointing. The good news is that God will always answer those prayers. But after he has answered them, do you think about what he has said you should do for him? When we come to praise God in church, when you are praising God on your own in your home, you, you think about the things that God has done for you. But how are you seeing God? How are you crocroying God? How are you giving God fans? God wants to hear your fans. That is what you may call praise and worship in the teenage language. How much fans do you give God? You see, we, we behave like Ghanaians. Ghanaian supporters. During the Black Stars, the, the recent World Cup, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that Ghanaians were expecting Ghana to win the World Cup. What kind of foolish, wishful thinking is that? We were the lowest ranked team in the World Cup. So theoretically and on paper, if you draw with anybody, it's a big achievement. Oh yeah. 
if you are last in class and you are able to get the same mark as somebody who is above you, you have done well. Look, even if we had mercy, we had Mpapi, we, we had all those great players in our team, Ghanaians would have behaved the same. Imagine Messi was a Ghanaian and he beats that penalty. You see, the thing with Ghanaians is that we don't like to support. I can't think of any country now, but most countries, even when they are too kneel down, you see how they'll be dancing and shouting, and screaming, and desiring, and wishing that their, their team will score a goal or equalize. Ganesh, you are not like that. When we are down, we get angry. And we are waiting for the goal to be created by some form of magic. And we wait. Uh, when the goal comes, if Kudu scores, hey, Kudu, so we, we are all happy, we are jumping, we are praising we are spreading kudos all over the place. What we don't realize is that when the, see, there are, there are many components of football. Sorry if you don't like football. The players, three is another set. The coaches and the technical assistants, they are another set. And I don't know whether you have heard about the the 12th member of the team. That is the fans. Have you noticed that when some of these footballers are playing, either when they are down or when their things are, 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 are going well for them, all of a sudden they start raising their hands. They keep, keep supporting, give it the fans. It's because there's something about the human psychology. As you give them the fans, as you sing and as you praise them, it encourages them and suddenly some adrenaline surges forth in them and their play becomes something else. Ghana, we don't know how to do this. We are waiting for you to score for us. Then we'll be happy and we'll sing and dance. I don't need your singing and dancing when I've scored, I've scored the goal myself already. Help me so that we all score together and we all rejoice together. When we come to the house of God, the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his children. And yet we want God, but we don't want to give him praise. We don't want to be grateful. This morning I was looking around. Some of us were just standing there like Egyptian mummies. Some ashes were just standing there. We we're praising God. Some had opened their eyes and were just looking around. In this year of gathering, it shall not be so. You don't need anybody to tell you how to give thanks and be grateful to God for what he has done for you. Praise and worship starts in your house. It starts when you go to sleep. As you go to sleep, think about the whole day. Look at what God has done in your life. Think about the blessings that he has blessed you with. Think about the fact that you still have life. You still have health. You can move your arms. If you don't understand what I'm saying, go visit the hospital. My best will be go visit the mortuary. 
Now some of you are scared. So just go visit the, the hospital. Go and stand at the emergency and just watch people moving up and down. You don't need a lot of people around you. I was discussing with my friend yesterday and I said, look, when we come to praise God, when we're praising God or when you're in church where the presence of God is, sometimes somebody can be deep in worship when the same praise and worship leader is leading us and another person will just be looking around and wonder what is going on. That person will not even realize that praise and worship is going on. He does not experience anything about God. But meanwhile, somebody is getting some deep revelation and some deep grace from the same God. In this year of gathering, we are going to stand strong as Christians. The Bible will play a central role in our life. We have to make that deliberate choice. Today, I wish I could just talk to you out of my heart. Because none of the things I've said is really what I want to say. And I wonder even if the... But it's the Bible, so we'll read it. Because today, I just wanted to read a few scriptures, point a few things out to us, and we pray. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You see, this scripture, you have said it from our childhood ah, that sometimes it lose, we lose the value of what the word is saying. In the beginning, before time was, because God lives outside of time. He lives outside of eternity. That sounds very odd, isn't it? Because eternity is timeless. But God lives outside of eternity. We can't understand it just as we cannot understand God. But at a certain time, God decided to enter into time. He created time and entered into time. And the word says, in the beginning was the word. Before the beginning was, the word was. And the word was with God. And that same word was God. What is this? What kind of English is this? How can the word be with God and the word be God? Verse 14. And the word became flesh. The word, which was there from the beginning, at the beginning of time. The word, which was God. The word, which was with God, became flesh. In other words, the word became a human being. You see, don't take these things lightly. Just pause and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to the natural man. 
But when you allow the Holy Spirit to enlighten you and illuminate your mind, praise will well up within you. You begin to understand certain dimensions of the supernatural. The word was with God. And the word was God. And that word became a human being just like you and I. And the human being dwelt, he lived with us. As he lived with us, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. If you did not experience this in the year of increase, I pray that in this year of grace, you experience what Jesus experienced while he was on the earth. At the last two weeks, or was it last week, I can't remember, I shared with you a little bit about hypostatic union. How many of you remember that word? How many of you want to look in the dictionary what the word means? They say, don't be like that. If I say anything, don't just take it because you have said it. Go and find out for yourself whether the things that I'm saying is true or not. Find out what the Bible says about what I'm saying. Whether what I'm talking is in the Bible or is not in the Bible. You hear me so? That is why you must read the Bible for yourself. And don't just let Uncle Ivan or your, 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 your facilitator, whatever he tells you, that is the Bible for the, for the week. No, read it for yourself. pray that you also be full of grace and of truth. I pray that as you read the word and as you get revelation, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you that as you live on this earth, you live as a human being, you experience the physical, your life will be under the rules and the laws of nature, yet while you live on this earth, you will still be with God. You will be as you were a little God. I'm not going to that today. But that's what scripture says. We are little gods. That you have the fullness of God in your life. That as you live on this earth, though you are under the laws of nature and live as a human being, you still live in another world, the world of the supernatural, the world of the word of God, the world of the Holy Spirit. So that as you were, you become a superman. You become a superwoman. An outstanding human being. A physical human being, yet a spiritual human being. You don't need to be very strong on certain things, yet your name is known in heaven. And your name is known in hell. And hell fears you. And it mustn't be because of who you are or what you have become. But also because of what you do. What God can use you for. And the potential that you have which is yet to explode. Which the devil is afraid of. As you are looking at me this morning, some of you are great evangelists and great preachers. You do business. You excel in academics. You be in the academic world. You be in the marketing world. 
and yet you carry the power of God. And that is what the devil is afraid of. And that is what he doesn't want to blossom into. And that is why he will keep you away from the word. And that's why I'm commanding every one of us this year, you will and you must read the Bible. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory even the glory as of the only begotten son, full of grace and also of truth. Let me share one or two Christmas thoughts with us and then um, by the time I finish, I hope it will be time. And then we'll go home and we'll go and eat our fried rice. And then we'll not forget to read the book of John or to continue reading the Bible wherever we left from. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Assembly. Again, it does not make sense. But that is how it is when you walk and live in the spirit. The Bible says Jesus was, I don't want to go into theology and explaining words, but Joseph had promised to marry Mary and the process of the marriage. And before the marriage could take place, Mary was found to be with child with the Holy Spirit. If it were in our world today, Mary would die before her time. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. The, even those new King James, the English is still some way. But Joseph loved Mary. And he was a righteous man. Even though he was angry, Bishop, I hope your, your wife-to-be doesn't become like Mary. Caroline, I hope your wife doesn't become like Mary. You see how fleshly you are. Yeah, the two of you. And it's not just the two of you. I intentionally chose you because if I chose some of the youth, they may get angry with me. After understanding the scripture, if heaven chooses my wife to You see, I started by talking of your two lives. Your life as a physical, fleshly human being and your spiritual life, the supernatural life that is engineered by the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Now that we have understanding, it is no longer prophecy. We know that Mary found favor with God. You don't want your wife to find favor with God. Some of us will analyze, ah, me, pa, to go and marry born one. No way. Mary, we have, it's, it's, it is over. Let me not digress too much because I want to get to where I want to get to. But while Joseph thought about these things, an angel of God appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, 
son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how Joseph believed this. To be honest, I don't understand. It, it beats my mind. I'm sure if you also take time to reflect on it, you'll get a little confused. How on earth can you believe this? Okay, you now let, let's leave the single people and go to the marriage world. Chief Nana, assuming your wife gets pregnant after she has had two children for you, and then God comes to tell you this third child, Dr. Erama has not cheated on you. This child is of me. Lala. This one there to be hard. It will be hard to believe. And that is very normal. It will take revelation from God and accepting of God's revelation to believe certain things and still work with God. And the angel told him, she will bring forth a son and you, you, Kerubi, you will call his name Jesus. What are you talking about, God? My babe that I've prepared and I'm waiting for patiently. And now you have taken her, you have put a child in her. That is not enough. You say, me, I should call him Jesus. You see, when you read the Bible, this is the way to look at the scriptures. Think about it. Put yourself in the scriptures. Don't look at the scripture as if it is some remote, far away thing. The Holy Spirit will show you things that are relevant to your life today. Even in some of the most difficult scriptures and some of the most boring scriptures. Because the Holy Spirit who wrote the book will show you things. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. But I want you to understand what I'm emphasizing here is that these experiences that Mary and Joseph went through were because God has spoken through the prophets. They had to be fulfilled. Every word, every promise in the word of God will be fulfilled in your life. So if you believe God and you hold on to his promises just as he has said, it will be fulfilled in your life. That is why you must read it yourself. Catch the revelation. Catch the spirit of the word. Believe it. And they wait for the fulfillment. Otherwise, you can get caught up in the euphoria of the moment. Everybody is happy, and you cannot squeeze your face. So you, you pretend to be happy. When they say shout, you are shouting so. But you are not shouting because you have caught any revelation. You are shouting because everybody is shouting, and if you don't shout, you'll be a suspect. So because of that, you, you try to shout. And in your heart, why, why are they shouting? They are shouting because they have caught revelation. And may you shout in church because you have caught revelation. Yeah. 
May you rejoice in church because you have caught revelation. May joy enter you because you have caught revelation. Behold, this is what was spoken of the prophet. Behold, the child, virgin will be with child and he will bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The angel told Joseph, you will call his name Jesus. Here, the people will call, they shall call him Emmanuel because God is with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. This will be a very difficult time for Joseph. But Joseph heard the word. You see, the Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. If you're not living a righteous life, if you're not reading the word and the word is your life, when you get a revelation from God, you treat it as trash. You won't believe it. You won't believe it's God. You justify everything and say this one and a lie. Because there's nothing in you. There is no sensor in you that picks the spirit of the living God. But Jesus woke up. He knew that this revelation was from God. And he did. He responded to what he was told in the dream. The Bible says he didn't get anywhere close to Mary until Mary gave birth. Another person who has some strange um, experience with God and the word is Zacharias. Joseph was a young man. Mary was a young lady. She was a virgin. And she had something, she experienced something supernatural. Zacharias, on the other hand, was an old man. He was childless. I'm sure he had given up on having any child. There was no hope. I mean, at my age, at my wife's age, it's not possible. Everything is dead. It's not possible. Have you wondered how many times we were having sex? Everything was... <laughs> marriage and life was not about these things anymore. Luke 1 verse 5. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest called Zacharias, another righteous man, a priest of God. Of the division of Abijah, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous. The Bible knows, God knows what he was doing when he put such word there. When God begins to describe you and us, Will he describe you as a nurse or a righteous girl? How would God describe you, Afi? Afi was a righteous teen chapel member. How would he describe you? Think about it. They were both righteous and they were walking and living in the commands of God. Whatever God commanded, they obeyed. They live in the word. They live in the ordinances of the Lord and they were blameless. 
for some of us, from yesterday, 31st December, to today, 1st January, if we analyze ourselves, full of blame. Some of us quarreled with our parents before we came to church this morning. Some of us were angry because our parents didn't buy us a new dress, or they didn't buy us a new shoe, or they didn't give you the necklace that you wanted to wear today. Don't look at me like angels. I know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you wanted to eat breakfast before coming, but you were late, so your parents said, come and let's go. And you frowned, and you were so angry because of common breakfast. This year we shall fast. I hope you are not just shouting. When it's time for doing, you will do. But they had no child. It's part of their righteousness. They're walking in God's commands. They had no child. They followed God's ordinances, yet they had no child. And the Bible says they had no child, and they were advanced in years. You see, it didn't even say they were advanced. They were both well advanced. I don't know how we can define advanced in years and well advanced. It means that they were so advanced that it is impossible to have a child, humanly speaking. And so it was that while the, he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his, the Lord fell on him to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zachariah saw him, he was troubled. And fear came upon him. Listen. Some of us want to experience the supernatural, right? We want the spirit of God to come upon us. Uncle Bijou has talked about hypostatic union and the spirit of God overshadowing us. So we are yearning for that. We are yearning for the power of God. It's good, though. But sometimes... When that experience happens, fear will catch you. The Bible says, fear fell upon Zacharias. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. This scripture we have read is, ah, but I wonder how many of us have noticed this. Zacharias was well advanced in years. He was very old. Elizabeth too was very old. When the angel came to them, the angel said, your prayer has been heard and your wife will give birth to a child. Do you understand? Or you still don't get it? As an old man and as an old woman, he was still praying for a child. Let's move on because I don't want to digress too much. And you have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. Every miracle, every supernatural experience always leads to joy and gladness. And the joy and gladness which comes to you will overflow to other people as well. 
For he will grant the sight of the Lord and shall not drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also fill the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I hope this scripture makes sense to us. And I hope you understand the context of this scripture better now. God is preparing us to make us ready, prepared for his coming. We've talked too much about this in the past. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. This is, this is contradictory. The old man has been praying. I don't know whether it's the prayers from his youth which were finally heard and then the angel told him, your, your prayers have been heard. Or it was the prayers of the old man which he had been persistent all these years, even into his old age, still waiting for a miracle. Now when he was told the miracle is going to come, how can this be? I'm old. And my wife too is well advanced. So how? Don't come and trouble me. Don't come and give me wahala. And then you said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you and to bring you glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe the words. I pray that when God speaks to you, you will hear him and you believe him. When you read the Bible, you will take it, get revelation and believe it. You see, because reading the word and not believing the word, you don't get off, you don't get the benefit of the word. For Mary, the Bible says, in the same month, the angel of Gabriel was sent to God in the city called Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! You see that word again? Rejoice! When you get revelation, you must rejoice. For Mary, the first word the angel told her was, Rejoice! Because you are favored. God has seen you. He has separated you. And he has poured a special favor upon you. In this year, 23, 2023, may God see you, may heaven see you and may the special favor of heaven rest upon you that throughout your life, your life will be a life of rejoicing always. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When God is with you, it's all about him. He goes ahead of you. He's behind you. He's by your right side. He's by your right left side. He's on top of you and he's beneath you. No evil shall come close to you. Like the Israelites. You'll be like a pillar of fire by night. And you'll be like a pillar of cloud by day. The sun will not beat you. The cold will not get you down. The light will direct your path and you will follow him. You shall lack nothing. You shall not be in need because you are blessed. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the things that he said and said to herself, what kind of greetings is this? If I were Mary, I would have been the same. And maybe I may have talked too much. I don't talk a lot, but I may have talked too much. 
Then the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. May you find favor with God this year. In your academics, may you find favor. In your health, may you find favor. In your business, may you find favor. It is hard to get job, but may God open a way out of the favor that you find from God. May the favor of God rest upon you. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord your God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Confusing times, confusing messages, confusing supernatural. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? You see, if you think into Mary's thoughts, when you hear such words from God, you will think exactly the same way. In fact, if you contrast Zachariah's reaction to Mary's reaction, they look like the same. If you do English comprehension, they look exactly like the same. But to be able to understand the difference, you have to read the whole passage and get the context so you understand what Zacharias really meant and what Mary really meant. The context of Zacharias shows that John did not believe the words of the angel Gabriel, even though they both used similar words. And because they did not believe Something strange happened. God, the angel told you, you will not speak again until what I have said happens. When you work with God, when you get revelation from his word, when he speaks a word to you, please, don't talk plenty. The words of our confession can change things. So let's be careful how we go about certain things. When God speaks to us, even if you don't understand, take it in and then talk back to him. Explain to me, I don't understand. How will it happen? For some of, some, how many of you here don't speak in tongues? This one, let me see. One, two. Enrikita, are you here? Is she here? Okay, we'll talk about this another time. So, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Listen. Mary has a supernatural encounter with a divine being. And then she's told that her cousin, who is an old lady, has also had a similar supernatural experience. That old lady has a child. She's, born, she's pregnant with a child. Then Mary responded, let it be to me according to your word. 
that must be our focus this year. When you hear, Lord, let it happen in my life just as you have said. If God tells you, read your word, let it be to me according to your word. If he says, talk to your friend about Jesus, even though you are shy, you are afraid, let it be to me according to your word. If the Lord leads you to go and lay hands on somebody, let it be to me according to your word. In trembling, still go and go to the person and say, please, can I lay hands on you? And if the person says, yes, lay hands on the person and pray for the person. Even if you think that you don't have enough faith, let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel left. In Luke chapter 1, because of lack of time, I'll not go through the whole scripture. But Mary went to see the cousin and there was a lot that happened. Mary finally said, Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. If you have read the whole scripture, it's a very popular scripture that some churches use and have made so many songs out of it. Mary bursts out into song and says, my soul magnifies the Lord because of what he has seen in me and what he has made out of me and for the promises that he has made for me. Every revelation of the word will lead to rejoicing will lead to meaningful worship. And I pray that this year, your spirit will continually rejoice in God, your Savior, your Savior, when you get that revelation of him. This year, you will read the word of God. This year, you will experience of the power of God. It's important to understand that God does not manifest his power without his word. On the day of Pentecost, there was a manifestation of the power of God, signs and miracles, all kinds of things were happening. And the people were confused. They didn't understand. They were, some were mocking. But Peter stood up and he spoke the word. He spoke the words of the prophets and he explained. And after he had explained the word, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. They were no longer mocking. They said, what shall we do to be saved? And then Peter explained to them what they should do. It led to 3,000 people being born again on that day. The power of God rests in the word of God. Whenever the word of God is released, the power of God is also released. If you release the word of God in your life, you experience the power of God in your life. If you release the word in your academics, you experience the power of God in your academics. In any, any area of life that you struggle with, if you read the word and release the word over your life and in your life, you experience the power of God. A similar thing happened in the, in the household of Cornelius. You know the story of Cornelius. Cornelius was not born again. He was not even a Jew. He was a Gentile. But he was very righteous. He used to give alms. He did all kinds of things. And then God gave him a vision and called and, and, and God gave Peter also a vision through some supernatural means. And then God asked um, Peter to go to Cornelius' house. 
when he finally got there, he realized that this man is a gentle. Why is God sending me here? But he obeyed God and then he began to explain to them the word of God. And the Bible says, as he spoke the word of God, there was a release of the power of the Holy Spirit. Whenever we allow the word of God in our life, there's always a release of power. I can go on and talk about so many examples, but we need to pause here and think a little and pray a little and close. The word of God releases power. When you stay in his presence, when you walk with him, when you read his word, when you allow his word to control your life, you are assured of God's presence and of his power. Elijah one day stood up and said, there will be no rain except by my word. That word he read. And because of the influence of that word, there was no rain because Elijah has spoken. You can speak and it will come to be. You can speak over your life the word of God that he gives you and it shall be fulfilled according to the word of God. We know the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones. God took Ezekiel into a valley in the spirit and he saw dead bones. In fact, bones now they are dead. They are, they, they are bones. I don't call them non-liberties because before they used to be living. But they were dead. They were dry. And there were plenty. And God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel was very honest. Oh God, this person is only you are the one who knows. How can I know? I don't know whether they can live or not. And then God said, prophesy to the bones. And as Ezekiel prophesied, the word of God spoke to those bones to come alive. I pray that in this year of gathering, you speak to every dead thing in your life. Every soul that you have been praying for, those people you are praying for, you are not sure that they can ever get born again. The Bible says, gather them in, draw them in. I pray that you speak the word over their life. Some of you, you have given up on some of your friends. You have given up on some of your cousins. Because I, I don't know how this person can be born again. Listen, friends said the same thing about me when we were in the university. Some people were praying for me. They were praying, but I wasn't getting born again. Then one of them, the prayer secretary of the fellowship, asked his friend, Joji, are you sure because you can get born again? Don't ever give up of anybody that God has not given up on. Speak the word. It doesn't matter how dead the situation is. When you speak the word, the dead must listen to the word because it's a living word. I pray that this year, in this year of gathering, there shall be continuous increase. We shall continue to increase. The fact that the year of increase is over doesn't mean that we will not continue to increase. There will be multiplication in our lives. Multiplication academically. Multiplication financially. Multiplication in your friends. Multiplication in the people that you draw and bring to, to Christ. The Bible says that day when the apostles listened to the word of God and they gathered the fragments, they brought in 12 basketfuls. 12 apostles brought in 12 basketfuls. I pray that every member of T Chapel and I give you a command before the year is over, draw in a minimum of 10 basketfuls of souls. 10 basketfuls of souls. 10 basketfuls of souls. 
Badili Bakusadaha. There's nothing like walking with God and living in His Word. As you bring the service to a close, I felt like going to some dimensions, but we'll leave it for another time. I want you to think about your life. You have heard so many things. I don't know the ones which really pricked you and I don't know the ones that you are taking decisions on. But I pray that you decide that you not put your Bible under your pillow, but that you read it, experience it, and ask God that this, this year of gathering, you will also gather in the souls. Shall we pray? His word, what a glory He sheds on our way while we do His good will in the light of His word and with all who will trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way while we do. abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no Thank you very much for your word this morning. As we start on a new journey with you, as we enter into a new realm that we have never been into before, we pray that it will not just be a physical realm, but to walk with you in the supernatural. As we live by your word, obey your word, 
experiencing your presence and your goodness if it's all the days of our lives. We will not just rejoice in you, but you do what you ask us to do. We will gather in the souls. We ourselves will be established in you. We will be rooted in your word. We will learn your word. We will memorize your word. We will believe your word. We will talk to others about your word. We will encourage others to live your word. And we shall gather in the souls. None shall be laid waste. You desire that all men must be saved. And that should be our desire, that everybody will be saved. When we see people, we must ask ourselves, are they saved or are they not saved? Lord, empower us. Lord, put a strong conviction on us about the great commission to go out into the world and to make disciples of all nations. May it not just be the blessings that we receive from you. We pray, oh God, that your blessings continue to multiply in our lives. But beyond that, oh God, may we rejoice in your blessings and draw many more to you, compelling them, encouraging them, doing anything to get them into the kingdom and establish them as your disciples. Lord, help us in this year of gathering to gather in, to bring the souls in, to bring the lost in, to bring in our friends, to make sure that we won't be mended, broken-hearted, though that we have offended, we we'll seek forgiveness and reconciliation and draw them back into the fold. In our families, in the classrooms, we'll be a source of reconciliation because we are ambassadors of reconciliation. Lord, we'll be a channel that you use to draw men to you will not be people that will make people rather leave you, but will be channels that will be an attraction, a point, a source of attraction to draw many people to you and to your cross. For it's all about Jesus. That is why we live. May our song the rest of our life be we trust you and obey you always. Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus But to trust and obey Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. There are two of us this morning, two people. When I was talking about angelic visitations, you told yourself, God, why don't you also visit me that way? There's something in your life that you want God to do something about. If you are like that, I want you to stand up. Just to